Welcome to the Franchise Supplier Wire podcast, brought to you by FranchiseSupplierNetwork.com and distributed by Modern Business, where supplier experts share how to take your franchise to the next level. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Modern Business Podcast, the podcast for franchise entrepreneurs. And specifically, this is a Franchise Supplier Wire series episode And this is where we're having conversations with leaders in technology and services. And today we are specifically going to focus on uh, the marketing realm and really excited to get into this conversation. Only one top of house announcement because it's top of mind for me every day, uh, which is Young Conference is coming up May 10th through 12th. Get registered, get the folks on your team registered uh, for, for the folks that fit the profile um, it's it's really uh, young leaders of brands, founders, CEOs, as well as C-suites and up-and-coming leaders, typically 45 and under. Really, it's the next generation in franchising. And if you go over to franchiseyoungconference.com, or I can link down in the in the show notes, and you can see the schedule. But there are a lot of really solid topics, including the topic that we're going to talk about today on today's episode. There's just a lot of really good energy behind this event, and uh, well, I'll link the information in the show notes. So that is the commercial uh, for today. Um, in getting into the topic of today's episode, we are going to talk about something that I, I haven't really, I haven't really heard a ton of buzz in the franchise universe. You know, whenever industry events are happening, education, and even in my conversations with chief marketing officers, VPs of marketing, et cetera, at franchise brands and on the national level, regional or local level. This topic is not one that is typically covered. However, I think that moving forward in today's ever noisy environment, I think it's an important one. And the topic is intent data. And we're, we're going to mix on this. We have a couple of experts in this field uh, and I'll go ahead and get into a formal introduction. So, so these are, these are gentlemen that have well over 30 years of experience in data driven marketing solutions using direct mail. And I'll let them share their background, but direct mail and all of digital channels, including customer profile and data models to target your best customers. And, uh, these folks are from band business solutions. We have Michael Ban and Michael Grebin on the podcast. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks, Ryan. Nice to be here. Thanks, Ryan. Good to have you. So I kind of gave a little bit of color there, but in whatever order you guys maybe lead off with Ban. We'll go with the last names, by the way. We'll lead off with Ban. Um, Give us a little thumbnail on your background and kind of what your career journey and what led you to where you are today. So uh, thanks, Ryan. I, I have been around for a while, started working in the 19, late 1970s, and our company was actually started in 1939 by my grandfather, and we were a printing company based in St. Paul, Minnesota, and then my dad took it over uh, in the late 70s. I started working there, and it was really in the early 2000s that our focus started morphing over into the whole marketing services arena, and from there into the direct response uh, world, and from there, we had customer relationships with uh, national uh, dealers uh, networks that had offices spread across the country. And from there, that's how we got into the franchise world. Because again, we're dealing with uh, multi-site locations and we're dealing 
uh, with corporates and we're dealing with smaller franchisees as well. So, you know, that's kind of how we got to where we are today. And I'll, I'll just finish by saying we always talk about data first, in the middle, and at the end, because it's all about data. Um, the people with the best data generally are going to win. I couldn't agree more. And it's becoming more and more true every single day. And uh, definitely an impressive background and look forward to getting into the, the topics today. Uh, what about you, Grevin? A little bit of, little bit of background on you. Um, very similar to Michael Urban, as we refer to each other. <laughs> and uh, we've, I, I came out of the printing business and actually met Ban when I had a printing company early on. And we were doing data-driven marketing using digital equipment in the early days. So been involved in data-driven marketing campaigns using print technologies and now in the, in the big data aspects of it and some of the stuff we're going to cover today to really hone in on who you want to target, why you want to target them, and then how do you measure after you target them, which is what I've been working on with with Mike for probably 25 years now on, on different, on different levels, pretty much the same background. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, so let's just jump off and, and I, Ben, I think that the, it was, it, it's a very true statement, kind of the, that evolution that you described is a very natural one, just because of the nature of the dealer, dealer type organization. And so let's bring it to current day. Um, whenever you are consulting with, uh, you know, a franchise organization, kind of off the top in general, what are the things that you are, and we, and we can start to peel back the onions, but what, what are the things that you are helping that organization achieve? You can maybe run it, you could make, run it down like a service mix, product mix or whatever, but ultimately what is it that you're, that you're bringing to the table and what is it that you can help them achieve? Well, the first thing we have to find out is, are we dealing uh, on a corporate level uh, with franchise group or are we de dealing direct with the franchisee? Uh, because we have relationships that are in both realms. Um, and sometimes they have uh, their own agendas that they want to uh, achieve. Uh, but again, the first thing that we always want to talk about is, do you know who your customers are? And uh, so we do a lot of modeling, uh, leveraging current client data, um, looking at them, and we leverage that against our Experian database that we have the largest license to uh, available. And so that database is, allows us to look at those households and know literally thousands of data points on every one of those households. And so that we can then model to see who are the best clients and not only who they are, but what channels they respond to. You know, are they a direct mail house? Are they a digital house? If they're a digital house, what digital channels are they listening to? What kind of offers do they respond to? What kind of images in those offers do they respond to? So there's a lot of in-depth information, Ryan, that we get into. You know, I'm the 10,000-foot guy, um, you know, but we have all those data scientists and data modelers that we're leveraging on the, on the back end. So I hope that kind of uh, encapsulates what you're looking for. Yeah. So, and Grebin, you can, you can add any color to that if you want, and I'll go ahead and loft off another kind of follow-up question to that. And, and so 
you mentioned that you can work, obviously, depending on is it the franchisor level, maybe you have a large multi-unit franchisee, maybe it's a co-op that you're looking at the Houston Metro or whatever it may be. Whenever you go engage, you, you know, sometimes organizations will have disparate data. Other times they have things dialed in where they're using centralized systems. Maybe talk about that process. If a brand is wondering, well, what does this process take in terms of, you know, looking at the customer data and, you know, how are you guys getting the information and modeling it out? Maybe just add a little bit of color to all the above. Um, I can, or Mike, you can certainly talk about what we've done with some of the multi groups and, and working with their systems to do profiles across all those segments. Uh, you want to get into that, Mike, or? Well, sure. What what we have done is we've taken, as you said, whether it's a co-op group or it's a national group, and we will look at how the client base looks from one market to another. And then we'll look at it, how they look congruently together. Because uh, what happens in Dallas might be different than happens in New York, which might be different than Seattle. And, and so we take all of those information and we'll generalize some of it and we will hyper-localize some of it, depending upon the individual uh, situation. Yeah, and if you were to, to define, like, what is what does the term intent data mean? It's a big, like, big thing, but what is that? Well, intent data really revolves around in-market, okay? So someone is intending to make a purchase, okay? And intent data can even take it leveraging AI to the intent to buy some something before the person even knows that they're going to buy something. Mm-hmm. And so they're looking at past transactional activity. So that's that's the key thing that really is brought into it is transactional data of being able to see that prospect bought A, B, and C. And because they bought it A, B, and C. It's a huge predictor they're going to buy D, okay? And it's not just looking at the one, it's looking at, you know, the whole and the, that whole big data matrix to be able to make those predictions. So intent data really comes down to two kinds of intent data. Brand aware intent data, in other words, they know who my business is, okay? Or they're just want to buy a product or service that I typically sell, but they don't know who the heck my brand is right now. And we can go after both the non-brand aware prospects and the brand aware prospects and be able to communicate to them in near real time, both digitally and through direct mail. Yeah. And as I'm listening to that, that is, it's a very powerful thing. And most organizations do not have the capability to be able to action on this on this intent data. Grebin, is there is there anything else that you would add to that? And I would also throw out because like whenever whenever I'm thinking about this topic, my natural tendency is to take this into digital realms, but you can also marry print and Grebin, I know that you have background in direct mail and print as 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 we mentioned. But is there is there any other color you would add to that? And then the next topic I'd like to discuss is kind of the mix between the capabilities to communicate with customers, leveraging data and intent data and uh, across all channels. 
Right. So you're basically getting into the omni-channel environment. You know, Mike did a good ex- explanation of where the intent data comes from. So if somebody's online and they do a keyword search or at a competitor site, I can say we can capture that metadata behind that. And then we tie that into a larger identity graph that tells us because that signal comes in, we can determine what you look like within that identity identity graph, which could be your email address, your physical address, where you've shopped, and and the transactional data, and put that into a data pool. So when you come in, we know what you look like. But ultimately, in the first go around, you're looking for a keyword, and you're going to get an email because you're looking for you know a service that your franchise is looking for. Uh, and then beyond that, yeah, we get a physical address, so we can do a direct mail, and we can onboard them through digital uh, channels as well, across channel. So just to break that down, because I want to make sure that the audience is digesting this. So are you saying that because they visited the franchise organization's website, whether that's national or local, or are you saying that if they're searching in general, like maybe just speak a little bit to that? So what we're talking about is both, right? Exactly. So that when someone can be visiting one of a corporate-owned site, abc.com, and they're looking at it, but they don't fill out a form, right? You don't know that Mike Ban was there, but we can track through our big data and find out uh, whether it's through an IP or other transactional activity offline and know that Mike Ban was on our site and can reach back out to them. But before we reach out, we want to make a, a further delineation just because someone was on my site or typing a keyword or whatever doesn't make them a great prospect just because they were there. That's why we want to tie it back to that household database and say, who is this person? What does their family look like? And are they a good prospect for whatever I'm trying to market? And if they are, then yes, we will recommend that we do an email. Or if they're even a higher level, because direct mail costs more, we're going to recommend they spend the money on the direct mail. And then on the back end, we're measuring this, okay? And we're, we're, we can do the matchbacks to figure out where did they come from and did they ultimately buy a product or service so that we can figure out what the return on investment is. So you're doing matchback all the way to attribution. Go ahead. You're going to add something else? Exactly. It, a hundred percent. But I, I wanted to uh, further, you know, again, state that whether they are on my own property or they're typing in a keyword that's valuable to me, or they're actually on a competitor's site or they're typing in the competitor's site is, is a uh, really the better way to phrase it. Because I'm not inside of a competitor's site. I can't be. But I can measure that they typed in that site. Okay. And so uh, we can track that, and and now we can, for the first time, go after uh, prospects who might not even know who we are, but they've raised their hand in our product and service area that they are looking to make a purchase. So we can literally mic drop right there. Any marketer that's listening, I think this it's why it's it's so it's wild to me because the potentials of that are so deep and so raw and so real. And it's like a lot of people talk about lead scoring and, you know, focusing our time, effort, energy on better, 
higher likely to convert prospects and bringing the right people through the funnel. There's so many ways, there's so many areas to dive in and what you guys just said. And I like, it, it actually boggles my mind that this capability is there. And so let me ask you, how does that exist? Like, how can, how can you grab data and what's the secret sauce behind that? How can you grab data on folks that are just searching for keywords and they're looking at potentially your competitor's website and then all of a sudden they get a piece of direct mail from you or they see a digital ad from you. How the hell can that happen? <laughs> well, as they say, you know, if I could tell you everything and then I'd have to kill you, Ryan. So a lot of this is really, you know, the whole big data world. And, and knowing that someone is typing in those specific terms. Again, we're not on that site, but we can track the fact that they were entering those terms onto the web, okay? And that's where all of this comes comes down to. Again, I'm the 10,000 foot guy, but that really at the end of the day in plain speak English is what's happening. We're tracking when someone is on their keyboard and putting in ABC company, okay? It's incredible. And I'll say, so from a software angle, and then Grevin will bring you in, I'll say that I have for a couple of years been experimenting with tools and recently I went back and I'll give an example. So we have one, an organization I've been a part of for uh, a number of years, social media reputation management company, and they're a premier franchise supplier network client. Anyways, I was doing some testing and I was able to, to hit to focus on franchise organizations. And I had to train it and, and even actually upload a list. So I created a list of every franchise organization that was out there. I uploaded it into this tool and I was able to search back. And I don't even know how the hell they were doing it, but I was able to search back and see these, these 76 people search for the term social media reputation management that match these types of profiles. So I knew who was out there searching the web and browsing and for somehow it's tying it back to their email domain and it knows that it's employees of these of these organizations and I was literally able to have a portal to go look and see. And so I have I have seen this this capability and I that was about 4 months ago. I think it was when we first met and what's interesting to me is that you know th- this is a very untapped world of uh, realm of, of marketing and a lot of the larger organizations are doing it. But now this capability and with band business solutions, this capability is available to much more small, much smaller organizations that don't have tens of millions of dollars to go deploy, to be able to, to, to build out these things. Um, and so that's my soapbox. I should probably shut up because I'm hosting you guys, but Grebin <laughs> in the back end, in the back end of, of, of this, is there anything else that you would add? Because Ban mentioned he's the, he's the high-level guy. Is there anything else that you would add from a tactical standpoint just to, just to explain the, the why, how, or what of this, wherever you want to take it? Well, you know, we could get into the granular detail on data capture, metadata, and all that stuff, and identity graph, and where people come into the system. But that's kind of the secret sauce, and where there's, there's so much big data out there. It all comes in. You got signals. Everybody's tracking everybody. But how we effectively take a look at what you come in at and what you look like is the critical component of where we of where we take everything. So what you just explained, Ryan, in the other application, 
that's great. But to, to your other point, bigger organizations are doing this, can be doing this, but we can bring it to the table for you know, any franchise group uh, really easily. And that's, that is the generational, I think, shift there. Mike, yeah. you got any edge of that or not? The only thing I would say is that there are different levels of data and there's different levels of data companies. And when we throw out the term Experian, well, you know, that's a, that's a big name in, in, in our sphere. And the, the teams of people that we're using around intent data, you know, come from, come from Epsilon. And so, I mean, the top. And so the people that we have partnered with in these offers have been doing this and know what they're doing. And, and so we really differentiate ourselves in this space by the partners that we bring to the table. Yeah, and that was one of the things that really it captured my attention because there's so much noise. Like we were chatting prior to this and we're talking about artificial intelligence in a whole separate track that we I won't I promised I wouldn't get us into but um <laughs> that's the, hey, there's Ryan, a lot of noise and there's the, a lot that's of the next call Ryan. Yes, there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of bullshit out there and it's kind of a lot of organizations slap big data and AI behind their names because it sells products and because people need know that they need to be there but as as I dug in on you guys I was really impressed with some of the things that you were just saying Dan, one of the things that I want to ask is tactically, let's say I'm a, I'm a franchise organization and I want to engage with you at the franchisor level and on down. I want my franchisees to have capabilities for us to be able to run campaigns. Maybe it's a specific type of campaign. We've identified my customer types, my, my best customer, and we're going to go have a, a campaign to go deploy. And so we've identified who our customers are. We've identified the one to two or whatever campaign that we're going to be running. We know that we're going to be tracking back attribution. Do I have some sort of a a dashboard? How does it tactically look for me as a customer working with you guys? So to answer that question, yes, we have dashboards that are available for our client base. And usually they're set up in a very typical parent-child relationship where the, uh, the franchise or, or is the, generally the parent, right? And has a universal view of what's going on. And then the franchisee can either have a regional because they have multiple locations, but they look at their world, whether it's a one unit franchise or it's a hundred unit franchise group. And so everyone has access to their own data and can view that, you know, off of the dashboards that uh, we would be able to to look at. Love it. One additional question is, do you guys have an ideal type of organization? Because my understanding is that you have data across vast swaths of, of the populace. And I would presume that you're focused on working in the United States. Are there any segments or industries that you either have had the most success in or that you're focused on? Or is this something that you can really bring across home service, across food, across uh, specialty retail? Is there Are there any focuses? So, yes, there are focuses. So we came out of the home service space originally, right? So we service many clients in that arena. And why? 
because of the household database information that we leverage, okay? So if a, if a prospect for us needs to know about the household and what that household looks like, then we can be of great value to that franchise group. And so whether, you know, we have clients in the healthcare space, financial space, healthcare space. So, but again, it comes down to whether or not that household data is important. If it is, then we Got can it. add great value. Got it. So focus on the household data. That that makes that makes sense. Um, Grevin, is there anything else that you would add to that or no? No, that, that's exactly right. Because uh, because we house the complete experience database, in our environment, we get updated every month. So anything we know about a household, there's over a thousand data points that we know about a household at a household level from how many kids, household size, income, mortgage. I've got clients that we're doing this kind of a program for that, you know, know that, you know, what your what your income is and that you've got a mortgage at certain rates. And we provide that data back to their sales force. But it, all, it really does tie back into the the fact that we've got so much data at a single address level that come from all kinds of environments where you've been. So that's the identity graph part of it. So you you live here, but because your phone's been here and you've made these types of purchases, how do you fit in the greater universe? And how does that greater universe make you more one of my better customers? Then we narrow that down. So that's really the key. I mean, there's all kinds of different data points now. It's not just your IP address. Do you have to, because you mentioned Salesforce. So on that side of the house to make all of this work, are there are there particular systems I would need to have to have, or how do you guys help your clients get there if they don't have Salesforce, for example? Or is all we need is your client database, and obviously we want to have statistical significance. So we need you know a certain volume, but we're going to look at that, and we can even when we get that database, we can then parse out that da- database and say, okay, these are your really good customers. Okay. And do we want to go after people who just look like your really good customers? And these are your okay customers. And these are your not so great customers. Okay. So we can parse that information out and then say, okay, how do we find more people that look like the best clients today? You know, that's the data modeling that has been going on for a fair amount of time. We talked back a little bit more about the, the going back to the intent is that now we're aggressively going out into that universe and we're trying to find people who are in market and then we're testing them against that best customer. Do they look like that best customer and do we want to spend money marketing to them? Yes or no. And then doing it. Okay. So that's kind of the next generation of of what we're doing. Yeah. The predictive model, we've been doing that for a while, but now we're leveraging it with this intent-based marketing as well. Yeah, there's, oh man, we could have a five-hour combo. I promise we will not do that to the audience and we'll move to wrap up relatively soon. Um, one of my questions for the home service people in the audience, because I know that's going to be a question that affects lots of organizations, but you would, I would presume, have data because you mentioned mortgage information and franchise development people, as well as smart recruiters are also thinking, listening to this, thinking, goodness, this has many applications, but we're kind of focused on consumer marketing right now. But I would presume if I'm a, if I'm 
moving if I if I wanted the list in the Dallas market and I wanted to know that this household just moved in in the previous 15 days. And so I want to hit them with a direct mail piece. And then there's all different types of, of data that you have, but that's information that I could easily, I could easily pull in and, and allow my franchisees to know, and then set automation behind that just to make sure that that campaign is being executed. Is that a, is that a safe assumption that you guys can execute on? Absolutely. Safe. Yeah, that's really, yeah, that's the blocking and tackling fundamental uh, stuff that we, that we do. Yeah. And then my other follow-up question on that is, are you giving this information for the or franchise organization to go deploy or for an agency to deploy? So wait, where do you, where do you cut off in terms of, of the service of the engagement that you are providing? And I would presume it's, there's a spectrum, right? That, that you can execute, Yes, but I'll let you speak to that. So great question. Uh, and it does vary. Some people just want the record data and, and then they're going to go out and do their own marketing and advertising to them. But most of our clients are, are asking us because of our experience in doing this of being to execute the direct mail or the digital. We don't do everything across the board digitally, but we do a lot. And so we're very upfront with our client base and say, you know, this is what, you know, we'll help you focus on. And here's some other players in the market that that might be able to supply another type of service that we don't. We don't do everything under the sun because you can't be a master of everything. Yep. Yep. What other questions should I ask? Cause I want to, I want to try to not make this too long of an episode and we're going to be having many other chats and education sessions, but what other, is there, what have I missed in terms of me just kind of guiding this combo? Uh, you really haven't missed anything. I mean, the, the real unique selling proposition that we're talking about is all around intent data. And the fact that you can, for the first time, try to find prospects that are in market for your product or service, whether they're aware of your brand or not. And now you can reach out to them in near real time and send marketing to it and then track it to see whether or not this actually is moving the needle. And there's a lot of things that you find out about your clients that you don't even know. So you think you know but you don't always know. Yeah. And that's a powerful exercise. So like even the, the first jump off exercise, and this is ultimately where I wanted to conclude the conversation actually is in terms of the type of engagement, you don't have to get into numbers unless you would like to, but in terms of kind of the engagement, what does the engagement with you guys typically look like? So as we said, you know, we can start off with just doing an analysis of your data. We can then create a proposal wrapped around, whether it be a, an email or uh, some kind of a display or a direct mail campaign or a combination thereof, because we know omni-channel works. So we are, we're always encouraging our client base to take advantage of that. But some only have limited budgets. So you see, you test things, you know, uh, crawl, walk, run, and, and make sure that there is an ROI on these tactics. Typically, you know, we want to have a client database, you know, somewhere in that five to 10,000 
or plus range. The, the more data, the better, okay? And do that analysis. And then we want to supply records back, you know, again, in that five to 10,000 range. What does that mean, by the way? Five to 10,000 data points, or what does that mean? Customer records. Got Customer it. records, yep. At a minimum, the more the merrier, we get a better, the more records we get, the better we look at who they look like in an environment that says, yeah, here's my audience, here's my universe, and how can we better get to that universe? So that's that's what Mike's talking about that. Yeah, and I think that that, I think just that exercise alone of just looking at, like, you're, you have kind of like a, your lens and your view on your customer expands and you realize, oh, we can just go build this little campaign and then you can go track back the exact ROI, the attribution of that. And it's, it's powerful. Well, I mean, that's, that's the goal at the end goal, right? But you got to start at the top of the funnel. Yep. So the top of the funnel in our world is who are your customers? Yep. What do your customers look like? And a lot of people think they know what they are. And that's and most of the time they're correct. But if they give us 200,000 names, we ingest that. We can determine through an append process Here's who your customers look like based on segment models of who we want to target. Yep. And from there, you, you know, messages are developed and lists are developed and everything else goes on. And then you got the back-end analysis that happens via channels that you're going to do. But it all starts with the front end, guys. I mean, and Mike knows that. I mean, who are your customers? Who do you want to talk to? Who spend the most money? Now, I'll tell you who spend the most money. How do we want to reach those people? Well, if those people are in market typing in a keyword or you're at a competitor site keyword and they fit the profile of who we've now identified as your best customer, we want to then retarget them with a series of identify um, campaigns. And we got digital, Facebook, Twitter, direct mail. Ultimately, Mike and I have been in the business for direct mail right now. If I get to somebody that I know that's in market, I want to send them a direct mail piece. Number one, the only thing I see in their mailbox is stuff they don't want to see. But all of a sudden, I get something in my mailbox that's pertinent to what I like. It's targeted to because of me. That's a big deal. Cost is expensive, but targeting is critical. So that's the whole funnel application that we talk about. Yeah, and because you're going after, you're going after, and you're putting that relevant piece of information. I'm even thinking of Elon Musk just recently. I was listening to a live stream, and he's saying. Ads should be content that people want to see if it's appropriately built. And especially if you're putting it in front of people who are actively in market, they're going to want to see that. That's the end goal, right? And that's where AI comes in. Human-driven AI. There's a, I don't want to get into the AI conversation right now because it is everywhere. But there is a good use for AI in certain environments within stuff that we do. But to solely rely on AI... You know, how do you use it? It's we. I like to determine as human-driven AI. I I can't give anything over to uh, the cyborg. You know, we're going to yep. end up. In, you know, in a Terminator. Yeah. Skynet's going to take over. <laughs> yeah, and so the, to break that in. So let's say that my I as a franchisee, and I I probably will move to wrap it up in a sec. But yeah, I as a franchisee. Let's say I have a thousand dollar budget, and I'm going to put this budget in ABC or all A, whatever it is. And so maybe in my current I'm just saying hypothetical situation. My current activities, I'm spending $1,000 and 
maybe maybe you know five of the people that are being hit out of these X or five hundred, whatever the numbers are, of these X people reached fit the profile that I actually want to go after based on my data. So what you're saying is I can trim the fat on spending dollars on customers that I actually don't want or prospects that I don't want to be in front of. And I can put my budget to the right channel at the right time in front of the right people. Well, and that, that is ultimately the goal. That's the ultimate goal. And the other side of this that, that I know Mike touched on is tell me at the end of the day, did that work? And then how do we learn, grow and, and move from there? Because the, the only we can start with the best data we want to, but we got to analyze that first segment how we want to get to them through what communication channels tied to this new buzzword the identity graph that we've got on everybody and then uh, and then move from there and that's you know that's 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 the nature that's the best part of this whole job right now is how do we learn what do we do there are i think it should be stated that there are some minimums ryan yeah a thousand uh, that <laughs> we want to be able to look at but you know we look at those situations individually and make the determinations. Everyone wants to have, you know, do a lot of business, right? And so we're doing a pro- project right now for a, a large home service client that has multiple smaller franchise groups, right? So in order to make it work, we had to get enough of the franchise groups to get in so that we have that volume, right? And, you know, individually, they might not have qualified, but together they can. And so again, that's one of the advantages of working with these franchise groups that you you can partner together without even, you know, under the same ownership. You don't have to be under the same ownership, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's one of the beautiful things about franchising. Do you guys have anything that you can offer, uh, you know, want folks in the audience to be able to get in contact with you and all the rest, but do you have anything that you can do special for our audience or for supplier network in general? Well, I'm assuming, Brian, you're going to have our email and phone numbers, that, so I don't have to give that to you right here. But in terms of an offer specifically, you know, we would love to be able to take a look at a, a client database. And typically when when we do that, what we wanted to be able to do is provide records back, specifically around intent data, okay? So the offer is wrapped around, you supply us your client database. Let's say it's 5,000, it's 10,000, it's 100,000, whatever that number is. We're going to take a look at that, and we're going to come back to you with 10,000 records of people who are in market for your product or service, okay? And you can encourage or you can leverage us to execute, you know, and we'll have charges for direct mail or whatever, or you can do it yourself. That data typically is going to run somewhere in the neighborhood of about $1,500, and we're going to do it for $1,100. So that's our offer right now. And again, Maybe it's just email that should be sent. Maybe it's direct mail that should be sent. Maybe it should be tested. And so we don't want to give a a vanilla because this franchise group might be different from that one. And so we want to be smart in the tactical uh, progression that that we follow. Yep. I love it. How long, my last question, how long 
does an exercise that typically take? Um, and I, I obviously that's hard to answer blindly, but just in general, how long should that take? It really can be less than two week process. And we sign, you know, NDAs because, you know, in confidentiality agreements, right? I mean, we do this with a lot of large and smaller clients. And if you're going to give us your data, we better darn well be secure in all those credentials that we have to have. And we do. So we make sure we dot our I's and cross our T's around all data situations. So, yeah. Beautiful. Well, any closing words? I've really enjoyed the conversation. And I would like, by the way, st- you guys stay after for a, a minute or two when we hit when we hit end. I want to ask you a couple of off-record questions. But any part, any closing words um, or parting words of advice for folks that are that are looking, kind of looking at how to better leverage data in their marketing? The only thing I, I would say is that, you know, I did talk about data first middle and last. It's just so important. And then in terms of our ourselves, we've had engagements with franchise groups from both sides of the spectrum. Coming in with a multi-unit franchisor and working our way up and getting introduced to corporate because we've had success. We've had the other scenario where we've started with the corporate group and developed programs and then went out and started working with the individual franchisees. We've done this. We know the dynamics around this. And so this isn't our first rodeo. So you're in good hands. And then what I'll add to that is accessibleness to big data is there now. I mean, we're big companies. I can't get that information. Well, that's kind of what we're bringing to the table is a broad breadth of data background because of our experience in the world of data and direct mail and omni-channel, we've been doing it for a while, but the accessibility, which I've learned in the last seven years, I don't have access to that data. Well, I can, we can give access to that data without that organization having a $200,000 budget to yep. get to the experience level of data that we can granularly get down to what your customer looks like and help you identify that. You know, that's where we start. I mean, beyond that, that's that's where the game begins and as it, as it goes on. But I guess that's been my biggest thing, Mike. I don't know if you agree, is that the accessibility to the bigger data elements for the general public to come in and say, give me your customers. I can tell you who they are. I couldn't do that 10 right. years ago, five years yeah. ago. Yep. And even very like recent, recent. So like I gave you that four months ago example yeah. for me and the, and it's advanced a lot beyond that. And it's, This kind of that intersection of uh, it's the talk that I gave on artificial intelligence a week or so ago. It's the same type of thing. It's like artificial intelligence isn't new. It was kind of the term was invented in 1956. It's just that things have caught up and it's now not just the large organizations of the world. This GPT product opened the eyes of a lot of people because it's something they can go interact with for free. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, to be frank. And but, it is, and it's and, and it's also opened up a lot of opportunities because the chat GPT world and the stuff that it's creating, and you're gonna throw it out there, doesn't mean that your corporate's compliant with that content. So how can we help with that content compliancy? And that's where we get into the AI assist world. We're not completely yet. I can turn my everything I'm doing marketing over to AI. Now, can it help? Sure data analytics, data mining, the, the access of the complete 
model of these identity graphs that give you multiple point touch points on an individual, not just their IP address tied to their physical address, but where their phones are. And I mean, there's great marketing data, great access to marketing data that that can be accessible to a franchise or they can then sell down to the rest of their franchises. That is I, I, my biggest thing in doing this for a long time is it's just accessible where yep. big companies always seem to control that stuff. I love it. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. We'll put the information in the show notes and look forward to uh, some good stuff to come from Franchise Marketing Land as you get you guys get connected with with uh, with some folks. But thank you so much, guys, and cheers. Cheers.